Dr. Jennifer Mukija here, your private wellness consultant detective. Thank you for joining me for episode four, Arjuna, Guardian of the Heart. An hour or two later, they had lost all count of time. They pulled up dispirited, weary and hopelessly at sea and sat down on a fallen tree trunk to recover their breath and consider what was to be done. They were aching with fatigue and bruised with tumbles. They had fallen into several holes and got wet through. The snow was getting so deep that they could hardly drag their little legs through it. And the trees were thicker and more like each other than ever. There seemed to be no end to this wood and no beginning, and no difference in it, and worst of all, no way out. We can't sit here very long, said the rat. We shall have to make another push for it, and do something or other. The cold is too awful for anything, and the snow will soon be too deep for us to wade through. He peered about him and considered. Look here, he went on. This is what occurs to me. There's a sort of dell down here in front of us where the ground seems all hilly and humpy and hummocky. We'll make our way down into that and try and find some sort of shelter, a cave or hole with a dry floor to it, out of the snow and the wind. And there we'll have a good rest before we try again, for we're both of us pretty dead beat. Besides, the snow may leave off or something may turn up. So once more they got on their feet and struggled down into the dell where they hunted about for a cave or some corner that was dry and a protection from the keen wind and the whirling snow. They were investigating one of the hummocky bits the rat had spoken of when suddenly the mole tripped up and fell forward on his face with a squeal. Oh, my leg, he cried. Oh, my poor shin. And he sat up on the snow and nursed his leg in both of his front paws. Poor old mole, said the rat kindly. You don't seem to be having much luck today, do you? Let's have a look at the leg. Yes, he went on, going down on his knees to look. You've cut your shin, sure enough. Wait till I get at my handkerchief and I'll tie it up for you. I must have tripped over a hidden branch or a stump, said the mole miserably. Oh my, oh my. It's a very clean cut, said the rat, examining it again attentively. That was never done by a branch or a stump. Looks as if it was made by a sharp edge of something in metal. Funny. He pondered a while and examined the humps and slopes that surrounded them. Well, never mind what done it, said the mole, forgetting his grammar in his pain. It hurts just the same, whatever done it. But the rat, after carefully tying up the leg with his handkerchief, had left him and was busy scraping in the snow. He scratched and shoveled and explored, all four legs working busily 
while the mole waited impatiently, remarking at intervals, Oh, come on, rat! Suddenly the rat cried, Hooray! And then hooray, 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 hooray! And fell to executing a feeble jig in the snow. What have you found, ratty? asked the mole, still nursing his leg. Come and see, said the delighted rat as he jigged on. The mole hobbled up to the spot and had a good look. Well, he said at last, slowly, I see it right enough, seen the same sort of thing before, lots of times, familiar object, I call it, a door scraper. Well, what of it? Why dance jigs around a door scraper? But don't you see what it means, you you dull-witted animal, cried the rat impatiently. Of course I see what it means, replied the mole. It simply means that some very careless and forgetful person has left his door scraper lying about in the middle of the wild wood, just where it's sure to trip everybody up. Very thoughtless of him, I call it. When I get home, I shall go and complain about it to to somebody or other. See if I don't. Oh dear, oh dear, cried the rat in despair at his obtuseness. He stopped arguing and come and scrape. And he set to work again and made the snow fly in all directions around him. After some further toil, his efforts were rewarded and a very shabby doormat lay exposed to view. There, what did I tell you? exclaimed the rat in great triumph. Absolutely nothing whatever, replied the mole with perfect truthfulness. Well now, he went on, you seem to have found another piece of domestic litter, done for and thrown away, and I suppose you're perfectly happy. Better go ahead and dance your jig around that if you've got to and get it over and then perhaps we can go on and not waste any more time over rubbish heaps. Can we eat a doormat or sleep under a doormat or sit on a doormat and sledge home over the snow on it, you exasperating rodent? Do you mean to say, cried the excited rat, that this doormat doesn't tell you anything? Really, rat, said the mole quite pettishly. I think we'd had enough of this folly. Who ever heard of a doormat telling anyone anything? They simply don't do it. They are not that sort at all. Doormats know their place. Now look here, you thick-headed beast, replied the rat, really angry. This must stop. Not another word, but scrape, scrape, and scratch, and dig, and hunt around, especially on the sides of the hummocks. If you want to sleep dry and warm tonight, for it's our last chance. The rat attacked a snowbank beside them with ardour, probing his cudgel everywhere and then digging with fury. And the mole scraped busily too, more to oblige the rat than for any other reason. For his opinion was that his friend was getting lightheaded. Some ten minutes hard work and the point of the rat's cudgel struck something that sounded hollow. He worked till he could get a paw through and feel, then called the mole to come and help him. Hard at it he went, the two animals, till at last the result of their labours stood in full view of the astonished and hitherto incredulous mole. 
In the side of what had seemed to be a snow bank stood a solid-looking little door, painted a dark green. An iron bell pull hung by the side, and below it, on a small brass plate, neatly engraved in square capital letters, they could read by the aid of the moonlight, Mr Badger. That was a passage from chapter three, The Wild Wood of the Wind in the Willows, a 1908 classic by Kenneth Graham. According to Encyclopedia Britannica, Graham was orphaned at an early age and raised by his grandmother. He had a career with the Bank of England, becoming its secretary, and The Wind in the Willows started as a bedtime story for his son. The Wind in the Willows seemed a perfect opening for the autumnal weather today. As I sit here recording by flickering candlelight, drinking a hot black rooibos, as we approach dusk, looking out the window, I can see the trees finally starting to settle down on what has been a rainy and blustery day. The street outside quite still, apart from the constant screeching and squeaking of parrots ringing in the evening from their perches in the trees. Today, in episode four, I would like to explore a special property of a particularly majestic tree found in northern India, which can grow up to 100 feet tall. Arjuna tree, in Latin, Terminalia Arjuna. In their introductory briefing into their study exploring the validation of the therapeutic and anti-inflammatory potential of Arjuna, authors Dubey et al. describe, and I quote, The process of oxidation and inflammation are an integral part of physiology and a very delicate balance between oxidation and inflammation is necessary for the maintenance of homeostasis in the organism. Inflammation represents a highly coordinated set of events that allows tissues to respond to injury or infection. The inflammatory processes are regulated by a variety of cellular, mast cells, macrophages, etc., and chemical elements, cytokines, leukotrienes, etc. During the inflammation response, cytokines, for example, tumor necrosis factor alpha or TNF-alpha and interleukin-1, IL-1, induce the production of many pro-inflammatory mediators, such as prostaglandins and nitric oxide. Sustained or excessive inflammation, fueled by oxidative stress, can lead to numerous chronic diseases like atherosclerosis, obesity, diabetes, neurological, pulmonary diseases and cancer. In order to prevent the progression of this inflammatory reaction, an effective treatment is required. The conventional line of treatment for inflammation includes the use of analgesics, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, or NSAIDs, steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, and immune-selective anti-inflammatory derivatives. 
chronic and excessive use of these drugs poses great adverse health effects like gastrointestinal injury, cardiovascular and neurological side effects, necessitating a safer alternative treatment for inflammation. In recent years, search for antioxidant and anti-inflammatory activities of Ayurvedic formulations of herbs have been comprehensively investigated and have been found to be good sources of anti-inflammatory agents. In this study, the in vivo anti-inflammatory and in vitro antioxidant efficacy of Arjuna Kshirapaka were evaluated to validate the role of this ancient Ayurvedic preparation. Again, that quote is from the introductory passage of a 2017 study on Arjuna published in the Journal of Traditional and Complementary Medicine titled Validation of Therapeutic Anti-Inflammatory Potential of Arjuna Kshira Parka, a Traditional Ayurvedic Formulation of Terminalia Arjuna, authored by Dubey et al. Now, I'm not about to proceed to a scientific critique of this study, but simply use this abstract as a way of introduction to this topic of a herbal remedy, which, before my travel to India, I had never heard of. This remarkable recipe, using tree bark from the Arjuna tree, boiled with milk, has been used for centuries in India. Interestingly, a recent study even found it to have greater affinity for binding than traditional SARS-CoV-2 treatments. Now, the scientific literature, as with many other Ayurvedic preparations, is comparatively sparse on this subject. And I would not use this information as prescriptive, but rather inspirational, as a way to think about what herbs or other remedies might be out there to support our heart health, especially in regards to something which has, prior to the pandemic, been associated with anti-ischemic and anti-inflammatory effects. This seems particularly relevant in the current climate, with concerns surrounding, for example, myocarditis. If you're interested, I've linked this 2021 article by Gandhava Kottai et al, published in the Journal of Biomolecular Structure and Dynamics in the description. Now the name of the tree, Arjuna, I believe is derived from Hindu mythology. Reading from Encyclopedia Britannica, Arjuna, one of the five Pandava brothers who are the heroes of the Indian epic, the Mahabharata. Arjuna, the son of the god Indra, is famous for his archery. He can shoot with either hand and for the magical weapons that he wins from the god Shiva. His hesitation before the decisive battle against a branch of his family became the occasion for his friend and charioteer, the incarnate god Krishna, to deliver a discourse on Dharma or the right course of action. Those verses are collectively known as the Bhagavad Gita. The Bhagavad Gita, Sanskrit, Song of God, 
is an episode recorded in the great Sanskrit poem of the Hindus, the Mahabharata. It occupies chapters 23 to 40 of book 6 of the Mahabharata and is composed in the form of a dialogue between Prince Arjuna and Krishna, an avatar or incarnation of the god Vishnu. Composed perhaps in the 1st or 2nd century CE, it is commonly known as the Gita. On the brink of a great battle between warring branches of the same family, Arjuna is suddenly overwhelmed with misgivings about the justice of killing so many people, some of whom are his friends and relatives, and expresses his qualms to Krishna, his charioteer a combination bodyguard and court historian. Krishna's reply expresses the central themes of the Gita. He persuades Arjuna to do his duty as a man born into the class of warriors, which is to fight, and the battle takes place. Krishna's argument incorporates many of the basic teachings of the Upanishads, speculative texts compiled between 1600 BCE, as well as of the philosophy of Samkhya, yoga, which stresses a dualism between soul and matter. He argues that one can kill only the body. The soul is immortal and transmigrates into another body at death or, for those who have understood the true teachings, achieves release, moksha, or extinction, nirvana, freedom from the wheel of rebirth. Krishna also resolves the tension between the Vedic injunction to sacrifice and to amass a record of good actions, karma, and the late Upanishadic injunction to meditate and amass knowledge. The solution he provides is the path of devotion. With right understanding, one, not, one need not renounce actions, but merely the desire for the fruits of actions, acting without desire. The moral impasse is not so much resolved as destroyed when Krishna assumes his doomsday fiery form, a fiery gaping mouth, swallowing up all creatures in the universe at the end of the eon. After Arjuna asks Krishna to reveal his true cosmic nature. In the middle of this terrifying epiphany, Arjuna apologises to Krishna for the many times when he had rashly and casually called out to him as a friend. He begs Krishna to return to his previous form, which the god consents to, resuming his role as intimate human companion of the warrior Arjuna. Now I'd like to read for you a brief and well-summarised entry from the Herbal Store website Banyan Botanicals, which describes the benefits of Arjuna. And again, I'll put a link to the article and the store in the description. I'd encourage you to visit their site as they've also included a fantastic photo of an Arjuna tree, Riverside. Arjuna, also known as Arjun, is a majestic deciduous tree that can reach heights up to 100 feet and has been valued for its wood and therapeutic properties for generations. It grows throughout the wet, marshy, 
sub-Himalayan regions of India and Sri Lanka, producing clusters of small white or yellow flowers amid its cone-shaped leaves. The most sought-after part of the tree is its red inner bark, which is respected as a tonic for the heart and is considered similar to hawthorn in European herbalism. The thick, white to pinkish-grey outer bark molts naturally once a year and is harvested when the trees are mature. Giving the tree time to recover and regrow its bark is a key component to sustainable harvesting. The name Arjuna is well known and is most associated with the central character of Mahabharata from Hindu law. Centuries ago, the Arjuna tree was given a name befitting its traditional role of protecting the heart, much like its mythological namesake brought fortitude, strength and protection to his family in battle. In a more literal sense, the term Arjuna means bright, white or shining in Sanskrit, much like the light reflective bark of the Arjuna tree. Arjuna, Terminalia Arjuna, is one of Ayurveda's quintessential herbs for the heart. Along with strengthening and toning the physical muscle of the heart, this rose-coloured tree bark is also known to nourish and uplift the energetic and emotional aspects of the heart, bolstering an inner sense of courage, resiliency, and love. Ayurveda teaches us that vibrant heart health is not only a matter of physiology, but depends just as much on the cultivation of mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Herbal allies can offer powerful support in all of these realms, and Arjuna may just be the heart's herbal hero. So again, that's a quote from an article on Arjuna from the herbal store Banyan Botanicals and I've placed a link to the store and the article in the description. Let's take a look now at a very recent review article on Arjuna published in Pharmaceuticals just this year. It's titled Terminalia Arjuna, a cardioprotective herbal medicine relevancy in the modern era of pharmaceuticals and green nanomedicine. A review by Ramesh et al. Conducted at the Bellore Institute of Technology in India. I'll read for you the introduction. In the bygone era, people relied mainly on the plant kingdom for their medicines to cure various health disorders. As per World Health Organization statistics, 80% of the world's population still consumes traditional herbal supplements and medicines. Unlike synthetic drugs, medicinal herbs are easily available, especially in low-income countries, and are also generally considered to be non-toxic with fewer side effects. Thus, they are often the preferred treatment option, especially in underdeveloped or other developing countries. With the advent of a vertical farming and advancements in biotechnology, there is more scope for these medicinal herb-based systems to get popular in developed countries as well as in the coming years. These medicinal herbs are currently being utilised in pharmaceuticals 
food preparations, nutraceuticals, folk medicines, and many others due to the biological properties of the bioactive molecules in the plants. Terminalia arginina is one such folklore medicinal herb, and it belongs to the Gompritiaceae family. The plant is mainly found in the Indian subcontinent. There are nearly 24 species in India, and it is a deciduous and evergreen tree that grows up to 20 to 30 metres above the ground level. The different parts of the plant, such as the fruit, bark, leaf, seed and root, are found to possess different medicinal properties. Among them, barks are found to have rich medicinal value. It is one of the most commonly used plants in Siddha, Ayurveda and Yunani systems of treatment. In India, Terminalia Arjuna is recognised by different local names such as Arjuna Arjun in Hindi, Marudu in Tamil and Malayalam, Yelamadi Telugu, Arjun Bengali, Saduru, Marathi, Sadad, Gujarati and Nirmati, Kannada. The phytochemicals extracted from Terminalia arginina are found to have rich antioxidant properties in addition to several other bioactive properties such as antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, cardioprotective, anti-atherosclerotic and anti-tumor. Terminalia arginina exhibit various pharmaceutical properties when treating various clinical disorders such as heart failure, ischemia, cardiomyopathy, atherosclerosis, myocardium necrosis, tumour, viral diseases, ulcer and many others. This review briefly explains the underlying mechanisms of the above mentioned properties and their role in various pharmaceutical applications. In addition, this review also focuses on the various types of polymeric formulations to enhance the solubility, bioavailability and stability of phytochemicals from Terminala, Terminalia arginate extracts. This detailed review then goes on to discuss extraction methods of various phytochemical from the arginate tree before proceeding to discuss the mechanism of action of the anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, cardioprotective, anti-atherosclerotic and anti-tumor effects. They describe the interplay of antioxidants in their role combating free radicals, which are generated through injurious pathways. The authors describe that the phytochemical constituents mostly responsible for this antioxidant property are the phenolic compounds, and they list the associated subcompounds found within arginine that are the source of its antioxidant power via their unique chemical structure, specifically that they possess one or more aromatic groups in addition to one or more hydroxyl groups, creating an antioxidant potential as the aromatic side chains conjugate with any free hydroxy radicals. In addition, the authors describe how these antioxidants also donate their own subatomic particles to convert any hydrogen peroxide within cells into water. They note that hydrogen peroxide, if left within cells, can be toxic to them because of the hydroxy radicals produced. 
So this phytochemical within arginine essentially neutralizes this toxic chemical, converting it to water. In their section on arginine's anti-inflammatory effects, Ramesh et al. describe how plant flavonoids within arginine inhibit nitric oxide, a key mediator of inflammation, and that they also downregulate the expression of nitric oxide synthase enzyme. In addition, flavonoids inhibit the biosynthesis of prostaglandins by inhibiting COX-1 and 2 at the molecular level. They also report that arginine is thought to increase the amount of antioxidant enzymes such as superoxide, dismutase and catalase, which are natural cellular defence mechanisms. Ramesh et al. then proceed to focus on the mechanisms behind arginine's cardioprotective properties. Their analysis showed that, firstly, arginine bark is known to be rich in flavonoid, which are able to reverse endothelial dysfunction and reduce arterial pressure through vasodilatation. Secondly, these flavonoids are able to scavenge free radical species through receptors and help to absorb and rid the body of damaging low-density lipoproteins or LDLs, which are fats that can result in endothelial injury and initiation of atherosclerotic plaque formation. For instance, lipids play a vital role in cardiovascular diseases since the alteration in lipid metabolism manipulates cardiac functions by affecting the structure, stability and composition of the cell membrane, which in turn leads to cell death followed by ischemia. Finally, arginine has the ability to actually inhibit platelet aggregation, another protective property against myocardial ischemia. Next, the authors analyse arginine's anti-atherosclerotic properties, summarising multiple protective mechanisms, including the role of its anion exchange chemical property, whereby anions of phytochemicals in the plant bind with intestinal bile acid anions, thereby converting cholesterol to bile acid and causing its excretion in stool, resulting in a decrease in low-density lipoproteins, or LDLs, cholesterol, and thereby there is thought to be a reduction in foam cell formation, which is the uptake of LDL by macrophages, and its accumulation in the subendothelial space, supposedly thereby reducing plaque formation. Now again, the above discussion was taken from a review article published just this year by Ramesh et al. in Pharmaceuticals, and you can find a link to all of the articles referenced today in the show notes description. Now, I can testify personally to the relieving benefits of arginine. To me, it is the equivalent of nature's ibuprofen or aspirin. And for this reason, it is important to consult a physician before taking arginine. As we discussed, it does have antiplatelet effects and caution should be used if you are already on anti-inflammatory, antiplatelet or anticoagulant medication, or if you have any underlying medical condition or unexplained pain or symptoms. In addition, its metabolism could affect other medications you are taking, increasing or decreasing their potency and therefore 
affecting the side effects that you might experience. Two main issues you might encounter, encounter with arjuna are constipation and also lowering of blood sugar. Lowering of blood sugar might be seen as a benefit, but if you're a diabetic on insulin, this will need to be addressed by your physician. In addition, especially those who are pregnant or breastfeeding should seek medical advice before consuming any herbal remedy. Now, in terms of its preparation, Arjuna might also replace coffee on occasion for those who would like a hot, comforting, milky drink in the morning. If you are lucky enough to be able to obtain the bark, simply bring to the boil a handful of the Arjuna bark in about one and a half cups of water and then reduce to a gentle simmer for about 10 to 15 minutes until the volume of liquid has reduced by half. Then add half a cup of milk and warm through before straining off the liquid into a mug. The pale brick or rosy coloured liquid is faintly chalky in flavour but still very pleasant and warming and if you have any aches or pains you may be surprised to find that after about half an hour you have quite effective pain relief. If you do not have access to the bark itself you will find Arjuna in health food stores or Indian grocers also in tablet, powdered or liquid form. I would like to bookend today's discussion with another reading from The Wind in the Willows from Chapter 1, The River Bank. And you really live by the river? What a jolly life! By it and with it and on it and in it, said the rat. It's brother and sister to me, and aunts and company and food and drink and naturally washing. It's my world and I don't want any other. What it hasn't got is not worth having, and what it doesn't know is not worth knowing. Lord, the times we've had together, whether in winter or summer, spring or autumn, it's always got its fun and its excitements. When the floods are on in February, and my cellars and basement are bringing with drink that's no good to me, and the brown water runs by my best bedroom window, or again when it all drops away and shows patches of mud that smells like plum cake and the rushes and weed clog the channels and I can potter about dry shod over most of the bed of it and find fresh food to eat and things careless people have dropped out of boats. But isn't it a bit dull at times? The mole ventured to ask. Just you and the river and no one else to pass a word with? No one else to... Well, I, I mustn't be hard on you, said the rat with forbearance. You're new to it, and of course you don't know. The bank is so crowded nowadays that many people are moving away altogether. Oh no, it isn't what it used to be at all. Otters, kingfishers, dabchicks, moorhens, all of them about all day long and always wanting you to do something, as if a fellow had no business of his own to attend to. What lies over there? asked the mole, waving a paw towards a background of woodland that darkly framed the water, meadows on one side of the river. That, oh, that's just the wild wood, said the rat shortly. We don't go there very much, we river bankers. Aren't they, 
Aren't they very nice people in there? said the mole a trifle nervously. Well, replied the rat, let me see. The squirrels are all right, and the rabbits, some of them, but rabbits are a mixed lot. And then there's the badger, of course. He lives right in the heart of it. Wouldn't live anywhere else either if you paid him to. Dear old badger, nobody interferes with him. They'd better not, he added significantly. Why, who should interfere with him? asked the mole. Well, of course, there are others, explained the rat in a hesitating sort of way. Weasels and stoats and foxes and so on. They're all right, in a way. I'm very good friends with them, past the time of day when we meet and all that. But they break out sometimes. There's no denying it. And then, well, you can't really trust them. And that's the fact. The mole knew well that it, it is quite against animal etiquette to dwell on possible trouble ahead or even to allude to it, so he dropped the subject. And beyond the wild wood again, he asked, where it's all blue and dim and one sees what may be hills or perhaps they mayn't, and something like the smoke of towns, or is it only cloud drift? Beyond the wild wood comes the wide world, said the rat, and that's something that doesn't matter, either to you or me. I've never been there and I'm never going. Nor you either, if you've got any sense at all. Don't ever refer to it again, please. So again, that was reading from chapter one of The Wind in the Willows by Kenneth Graham. I hope you've enjoyed the review of Arjuna today and that you've expanded your knowledge on this ancient Ayurvedic remedy, this special tree bark, and why it's been given the title Guardian of the Heart. If you've enjoyed listening, you might also like to review our Pinterest account at Dr. Jennifer Mukija, that's M-U-K-H-I-J-A, private wellness consultant on Pinterest for some further inspiration. Thank you again for joining me today. This has been Dr. Jennifer Mukija, your private wellness consultant detective.